Humility, we're going to get started now and go into our lesson. So, Gia, you can begin recording. When it starts, when it comes to humility, nobody really needs to explain to us that we need to be humble, and nobody really needs to explain to us what humility is because we know what humility looks like, and we want to be around humble people. I remember as a, a young child, my um, dad had nine, there were nine brothers and sisters, so when all the grandkids got together, it was crazy. And you always wanted to play with the humble cousin, didn't you? You know, that there was that one cousin, her name was Angie. I still love her to death, just a little humble, sweet. Everybody wanted to play with Angie, not Linda, who's now in jail, may I say. <laughs> I could have seen that one coming. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, you want to be around a humble people. You know, the, the boss who has a line of people wanting to promote into her department is the humble boss. Nobody wants to work for a bully or somebody that's bloated up with themselves and gloats about. We want to be around humble people. So I don't really need to teach you today what humility is. You know what it is, and you know in your heart what you need to do. And we know when we're humble, and we know when we're not right? It's really pretty black and white. You know when you went, oops, I shouldn't have said that, or wow, that felt good, right? Okay, so I want us to read this portion of scripture here in Colossians, because it really talks about humility, and it helps us kind of get a grasp. It's in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Let's read it together. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. Uh, The word humility really is from this portion of scripture, and it's a combination of two words, which means a humiliation or a loneliness of mind. Now, that doesn't mean you're supposed to go around acting really, you know, lowly. You know, what is the pride of the worm? Low is me, woe is me. You know, everybody, that's not pride. That's pride in a different sort of way. That's not humility. But a lowliness of mind means to say that I'm humble in my thinking. And I liked one of the translations in the King James Version. It says to have a freedom from pride. To have a freedom from pride. Not to be directed by pride, but to have a freedom from pride. When we walk in lowliness, and I'm going to encourage you to read this week Ephesians chapter 4. And Philippians 2. When we walk in humility, we have a freedom from the consequences of pride. How many can remember a time when you were prideful and it really turned on you? Right? I mean, it's miserable when you, you know, um, and <laughs> it's interesting. Um, when we the kids were growing up, I remember with five kids, you know, and when you have five kids, there's always more around because children attract. It's like cats. Cats attract more cats. Children attract more children. So we always had a lot of children. And I went through this season where I started saying things like, 
I'm not your maid. Pick that up. I am not your maid. And I remember one day walking through the house and somebody had dropped something else. And I think, I know this is hard to believe, but Pastor Rick left his socks out. It's kind of what I remember. And I remember saying, I am not your maid. And as quick as I said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, yes, you are their maid. You are their servant. And reminded me of this portion of scripture in Philippians chapter 2 where it says, he lowered himself. He made himself lower than us. I love that new song where we've been singing What a Wonderful Name where it talks about he left heaven because he didn't want to be there without us. What great value and intrinsic work that the Lord has on us. That's where our boast should be. And I can say this, humility has one place that it starts. If you're on the game board of life and you're playing humility, the starting point is the cross. The starting point. None of us can be humble until we go to the cross and we surrender our lives and we recognize that we are all sinners saved by (laughs) Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about somebody that really was a true picture of humility. You just read the story about Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and I think it was his second year of reign. He had this dream, and it really disturbed him. Now, this, this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he called all of his magicians and astrologers and wise counsel together, and he said, I want you to interpret this dream. And they said, oh, king, of course we'll interpret the dream. Just tell us what it is. He said, oh, no. I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. If you're really as, you know, magical as you say you are, you're going to know the dream. You're going to know what dream I had and the interpretation. And they said, king, there's nobody that can do that. There's nobody that can do that. He said, well, okay, I'm going to tear you from limb to limb. And they sought out and they began killing all of the magicians and all of the astrologers. And that's where Daniel and his companions come in because they were looking for him. And they were looking for his companions to kill him. Well, what does he do? You just read. He goes to prayer. He seeks the Lord. And God reveals to him the secret. And he tells Nebuchadnezzar, and it saves his life and those of this group of people that had not been slaughtered up to this point. I want you to look in your Bibles in Daniel chapter 2, verse 30, because I think this really sums up a picture of true humility. Here's Daniel now. He's interpreted the dream. He is the cat's meow. Everybody's looking to him. They're like, wow, Daniel is something. I want to be in his crowd. Everybody's wearing shirts. Daniel did it. You know, Daniel's great. You know, all those kinds of things. Let's get behind Daniel. And this is what he says. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because what? God wants you to understand what was in your heart. That scripture really caught me because Daniel's saying, of course, this is a true picture of Daniel's humility. He could have taken all of the glory. He could have patted himself on the back. He could have had a fan Facebook, you know. 
He could have been just a celebrity. But he chose to walk in true humility. And he pointed to God and said, King, it's God. Now, you might say, well, of course. But remember what a risk Daniel put on himself by saying that because this king is already taking off people's heads. He's already killing people. Anybody that defies him, he has no problem taking their life. He's the king. And he rules with a strong arm, this king, Nebuchadnezzar. You can read his history. He was a ferocious king. He ruled, and at one time, all of the inhabited earth, Nebuchadnezzar ruled. But what struck me here is that God was concerned about Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel knew that. If Daniel would have been prideful, he wouldn't have seen that because he says, God wants you to understand what was in your heart. You know what? God loves the sinner people. God loves sinners. He doesn't love their sin, but he loves sinners, and that's why he laid down his life for us. Listen, if you're in a situation being surrounded by sinners, perhaps you have a family member that is not a Christian. God understands, and he wants you to know he cares about what's in their heart too. Not just the followers of Christ. We were once lost in our transgression and sin. But Jesus loves us and he loved us into the kingdom. That is humility. And that's the picture that Daniel brings. Because humility matters to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, humility matters to God. It's interesting how pride can creep in. In fact, sometimes... Pride is really sneaky. Pride will creep in when we're the most humble. Because you know, oh, we just did something great. We just accomplished. We just did a missions trip. And it was just a real huge success. And we come back and everybody's like, oh, that was so great. And then we come back, thank God. He, God did so many miracles. Was, and then everybody's telling you, and pretty soon you start going, yeah, I did pretty good there. Yep, I organized that trip. Boy, I'll tell you what, I got that thing put together. That was great. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty good, right? How many have had that experience? You've had kind of, you know, an high and, whoa, everything's going great, and then you start going, yeah, I guess I'm pretty good, and then all of a sudden you go, whoops. <laughs> How many of you he doesn't let you sit on a pedestal too long? And the taller the pedestal, the further you have to fall, right? Ouch. Why? Because God desires for us to be humble because he knows hum humility brings the happiest life. Humble life brings happy life. Humble wife brings happy life. <laughs> I just thought of that. Okay. Um, every miraculous intervention by God in Daniel's life was just one more opportunity for him to bring glory to God. Don't you see that throughout the, the book of Daniel? Every time God did a miracle, the first thing Daniel did was, thanks be to God, bless God, the one and true, the only true and wise God. You know, I love these little psalms that are stuck in some of these books. You know, we think of the book of, you know, psalms and, you know, some of the beautiful psalms, and then in Ephesians, some beautiful poetic words are written. 
But right in the middle of some of these books, you see these psalms. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Such humility. And I love this heart of Daniel because every opportunity he had when there was a miracle, he gave glory to God. Isn't that a great mantra to live by? Every time God does something great. Last night, Pastor Rick and I were helping a family wrestle with some difficult stuff late, late hours of the night. We woke up. And I have to tell you, sometimes in ministry, it's very heart-rendering what you go through. I'm just going to tell you. When you wrestle with people and you see them making really dumb decisions and you go to bed with that heavy on your heart and you wake up on your heart and I was getting ready and we were just kind of looking at each other going, Lord, have mercy on these people. Don't let them go these paths that they want to go in destruction of family and what what the consequences. It all, it all looks so easy at that moment when you want to make a decision that feels good. But I feel right about this. I feel, you know, it's going to work out for me. <laughs> and uh, I walked in, I started getting dressed, and we started singing. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. And then I heard Pastor Rick in the other room take joy, my king, in what you hear. Because, see, we've been in this long enough to know that God is on the throne. And I am fully confident that this couple's going to make the right choice. And they're going to wake up today and they're going to go, what were we thinking? Right? They might get a few knocks and bruises along the way. But to God be all the glory. And I love Daniel over and over again. He's in the lion's den. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in a lion's den. But, hey, if you're going to be there, you might as well be there with God. You know, the king can't wait till the next morning he comes knocking. Daniel, Daniel, oh, yes, great king. What? What? You didn't get eaten li- by lions? Oh, no, the lions are sitting here. We've been playing ball. <laughs> We've been having a great time. I named them all. They're all my friends now. In fact, they're all taking naps now. They seem to have gone into a slumber. See, Daniel recognized that. That is a picture of true humility. I love what it says, uh, C.S. Lewis in the book Mere Christianity, which is a great read while we're on this break if you want some good reading. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Say that out out loud with me. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And then another quote from that book, as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And, of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. (laughs) Right? So I love that quote. A humble person is a person who has modest opinions, views themselves small before God and small before others. A humble person is a person that respects others, submits to those above them. Women, oh, I always feel like I have a stone in my shoe when I talk about submission to our spouses. But we live in a society where this is like something that's almost, you know, shunned by the church because people don't want to talk about it. But it's in the Bible. 
There's a lot of things in the Bible we'd rather just push under the rug. But submission is not having somebody lord over you. It's somebody in partnership with you. Submission is honoring each other in the roles that you each have as strengths by God, not as superiority one for the other. Listen, I was the first person to burn my bra, (laughs) right? I'd do it again if I could, but I'd probably hurt myself, (laughs) especially running. (laughs) But I can tell you this, that submitting in marriage is so happy. And I can tell you I have a happy marriage because God's given me the grace to do that. And I learned some very hard lessons not doing it. <laughs> but it is worth it. And that is humility. Is You know, I talked to a lady last night. She said before she came to church last night, she had made a big pot of chili. And she was on her way out, and she had left her husband chili and made him dinner and everything. And on the way out, he said, where are you taking that chili? She goes, oh, I'm going to women's Bible study. And he sarcastically said, oh, and taking the chili too? And she just wanted to throw it at him. Those weren't her words. Those are mine because I could tell. I was reading between the lines. (laughs) And she said she turned to him, and all of a sudden out of her mouth, she just said, would you like me to make you a salad and some cornbread before I leave? That was humility. Right? She could have just said, well, I'll give you some chili, mister. Give you some chili. (laughs) See how I think? (laughs) But what? She was able to respond because she's been at the foot of the cross. Right? So that's humility. I want to give you four things as I just close out my teaching. You guys have a lot to discuss. Four things, four characteristics about humility that if we really apply these to our lives, we can have a blessed life, okay? And the first one is this, is humility is an unnatural quality that requires our pursuit. Humility is an unnatural quality. It does, it, it requires our pursuit of it. It's, you got to work at it, right? You know, I was looking the other day at, uh, George Bush is a painter. I didn't know he does, uh, President Bush, I saw a little thing on TV, and he was painting pictures of fallen soldiers. And as as I was looking at it, I thought, wow, that must have taken a lot of practice. Now, he obviously was a painter, but he didn't just paint those pictures in one day, right? He had to pursue painting in order to paint like that. We have to pursue living humble lives and understand humility and asking for humility and following the example in Philippians 2 of humility in order to have humility in our lives. Um, Let's look at the scripture in Matthew 18, 4. And it gives us an example of humility. Is anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is what? Greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is interesting. Matthew, of all the New Testament books, talks about the kingdom of God, which was very uncomfortable for the Jewish people, and his book was primarily written for the Jews. If you read through it, it has a lot of very harsh comments directed at the Jews because of their hard-heartedness towards God, and he writes very clearly to them. 
and he gives them in a picture. The kingdom of heaven is not a bunch of priests going around telling the people what to do. The kingdom of heaven is like a child, a humble little child. That's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is that kind of humility. The second thing is humility is a voluntary decrease inviting kingdom increase. Humility is a voluntary decrease inviting kingdom increase. When we allow humility to operate in our lives and we humble ourselves, then the increase comes. You want your marriage to flourish? Be humble. Be humble. Sometimes when you're dealing with adult children, rolling my eyes, it's hard to find your place as a adult parent learning your boundaries with adult children that make adult dumb decisions. And you want to find that place. But as I, what I have found is when we can cause our language to be really clothed in humility and believing that God is working in them because you brought them to God. They started at the altar, right? Whether they know it or not, right? And God is working. So that's just an example when we allow humility to be Coated, coats our speech just like we talked about clothing ourselves I always like that clothe yourself with humility it's like going in and I have this one sweater that when it's just really cold out and I need to bundle up I just go grab that I wouldn't really wear it out of the house but it's real comfortable right you have those clothes you just put that's how humility to be should just be that's that's just comfortable right being wearing humble clothes are, are comfortable or the spirit of humility I want us to look at James chapter 4, verse 10. Let's read this together. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. That was an on. I think they have the NIV up. Oh, no, you did. Yeah. And Oh, you have the new king. Oh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And the NLT says he will lift you up in honor. And Daniel truly saw that, didn't he? Because we see later on he is lifted up in honor. Number three, humility is a powerful shield against unnecessary peril. Let's read that out loud. Humility is a powerful shield against unnecessary peril. Think about Jonah. If Jonah hadn't been prideful, (laughs) he wouldn't have ended up in the belly of a well, right? Jonah was prideful. He goes, I'll show you. I'm going to go to Nineveh. You know, and he he goes on his own way first. Then he gets spit up and he goes to Nineveh. And then God saves all the people. And he goes, see, I told you you weren't going to slay them all. (laughs) He still had a little bit of pride that needed to be dealt with. He got there, though. Number three, Proverbs 15, 33. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Uh, Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Listen, you will save yourselves a lot of peril if we walk in humility because shame is a terrible place to put your hat, right? We don't need to have shame in our lives. We don't need to have destruction if we walk in humility. 
And the last one is this. Humility is the ultimate invitation for God to fight for you. Let's read that one together. Humility is the ultimate invitation for God to fight for you. I don't know about you, but I need God to fight for me. I really do. I mess things up every day. You know, the other day I was making Darla's famous pumpkin cake she makes. I think she calls it pumpkin bars. And I mixed everything together, and I turned something over, and I dumped the whole thing out. just went everywhere. I thought, I bet Darla never does that. Sometimes we just mess things up. That's why we need God, because we are mess-ups on our own. Left to our own devices, we are going to mess up, right? And we need his strong arm. And that's kind of taking lightly, because life is just bigger than dumped over ingredients on the counter. That's easy to wipe up. But sometimes things get thrown at us that we just don't. It's way beyond us. But his mighty arm. I want you to turn over to 1 Peter 5, verse 6. And I want us to read the New King James Version and the New Living Translation. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The New Living Testament says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. You know, I'm not always looking for honor. I'm just looking to get out of bed the next day right? I really don't care about a crown. I don't really want to be in charge of anybody's kingdom. I just want to wake up <laughs> and have a smile on my face, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm satisfied with very little, but we still need the mighty hand of God. Psalms 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The earth proclaims the work of your mighty hand day after day and night after night. I will declare your glory. I will declare your praises. See, when we walk in humility, it kind of takes all the pressure out of succeeding and puts it on God's shoulders. Because we're saying, I'm just going to do my part, and I'm going to let you do your part. So I guess we can just quit fighting ourselves today and surrender and say, Jesus, here. Here's my mess-ups. I give them to you. I surrender to you. And I ask you to give me humility. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we just thank you for the work of the cross. We thank you, Lord. There, outside of that, there is a, we are most miserable, as Paul says. But, Lord, with you, ah, such joy unspeakable that we can wake up every day and know that you've already, Lord, clothed our day in intercession. You've already surrounded us with angels. You've already gone before us, Lord. If Daniel can expect angels to bring answers to his prayers, Lord, we can expect angels to show up at our doorstep too and say, here's the answer. Lord, we know that you are able and willing to meet us right where we are. We know, Lord, that you desire to clothe us in these things, and we ask you to help us. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. And we pray that you would give us a life glorious unto you as we walk in humility, all to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Enjoy your time.